Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are you this morning? Morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for a new day. We thank you that despite all our challenges here that we have carried forward into this day, you are with us. The very fact that you call us by name, Lord, is such an honor, such a privilege. To be in your presence, to come to you in the secret place, to shut the door behind us and leave everything else outside so that we can be just with you alone. To talk to you, to learn from you, to listen to you. Your instruction, your advice, the teaching of our Father who leads us in the way we should go. We thank you, Lord. We enter your gates, repenting, Lord, for our mistakes, for the times we've turned against you, for all the times we've carried our crowns, our pride, our ego, everything that we thought of ourselves, our achievements, our capabilities, all our medals. And we leave all that outside, Lord. We ask forgiveness for our failures, our shortcomings. And we enter thanking you for your grace, for your mercy. We enter in surrender, Father. Surrendering all the things that we fail to change. But also surrendering all the things that we were able to change. It is only by your grace we acknowledge it, Father. It is only by your favor that we are able to stand strong. Because you renew your mercy for us every morning. Because you pour out your grace, your favor out of your infinite love for us. And we come back to you again today, Lord. We thank you that you pour your peace and joy into our hearts. Every single time. And we share that same peace and joy, Lord, with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and this praying family. We share it with all those that we are lifting up in our prayer today, those that have no one to pray for them. As we offer our faith to stand in that gap, Lord, that you might touch these lives too. And we share it with Christians everywhere that do not yet know you as a person and all those that do not want to know you and have turned away. We ask for a quickening in all their spirits, Father. That there be transformation, that there be revival and renewal. That there be restoration of their relationship with you. That the truth be revealed to them most of all. That they are able to see your shining light through all the darkness. And that darkness be illuminated in its true nature before their eyes. In the name of Jesus. <clears throat> Father, as we make our prayer this morning, we call on your name. The name of our maker, our creator. The God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, the God of David. The same God who covenanted his love, his protection to our fathers in faith and now makes the same available to us through his word, through faith. The ancient of days, the God of peace who shall bruise Satan under our feet. This is what your word in Romans 16 verse 20 says. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus. The word himself, who came that we might have life and have it to the full. 
the one who brought us salvation, the Lion of Judah, our rock, our refuge, our foundation, the author and the finisher of our destiny. And we pray in the name of His Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of His Word, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit that gives life to our mortal bodies, the one who breathes life into every situation, where the spoken word of the Father hovers over everything that is void and formless. He is the one who changes times and seasons. It is He who honors all the governance made by God. It is He who has made His tabernacle within our body and gives it life now. It is He who convicts us but never willing to condemn coming down to right where we are in the pit, always wanting to lift us up, never for judgment. It is he who prays on our behalf. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your grace upon our lives. We thank you for giving us your word and your spirit as advocates in heaven and here on earth as well. We thank you, Lord, that your mercy for us endures. You renew for it every you renew it for us every morning. We thank you, Father, that you give us the gift of prayer, that we are able to commune with you, but we are also able to use it as a process of creation to speak things into existence, things that were not as if they were, to call them from the unseen into the seen. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with the angels with destiny helpers to fill every gap that we have. We thank you, Lord, for all your provisions, for all your systems of advantage, for the gifts in the Spirit that you pour over our lives. So that the blessing that you gave us right from the start, be fruitful and multiply and then dominate. You show us that way through your word. To achieve that, which was always your plan, the plan to prosper us and to give us that expected end. We thank you, Father. And as we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak and every prayer we make as well as every person that is part of this prayer meeting, every member of every family that is part of this prayer group. By your precious blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, Jesus. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your holy will for each of these lives for today. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, any kind of natural disasters, spiritual attacks. We command that angelic protection and we declare divine exemption in the mighty and all-powerful name above all names, the name of Jesus. We also herald the power in our spoken word, Lord, acknowledging that which you have placed on our life, the authority that you give us, the position that you give us with Christ. As we proclaim your word from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, that says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out of my mouth this day. 
and it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I send it in faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the power of life on our tongue. And thank you, Lord, for the discernment to choose life in every storm, in every situation. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> While Jesus hung on the cross, and that is recorded in Matthew 27, verse 46, and Mark 15, verse 34. They both record that Jesus cried out at the ninth hour in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So the question here is, did God leave him to be on his own and die alone in shame? Did God abandon him? When we don't get an answer for our prayer from God, we often think He doesn't care about us. Has He left us to suffer? Was Jesus thinking the same? And was He complaining? Do you not see? Or was it something else? What forsaking is he referring to? Let's reflect on this today. The Bible talks about God being a good father and Jesus has thought about those in multiple places where he says he wouldn't give us a stone when we ask for bread, neither a scorpion when we ask for an egg. So why then did he forsake Jesus, his own son? On the cross, as he hung, there was a divine exchange taking place. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 captures that exchange where it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Sin exchanged for righteousness and his righteousness exchanged to take on all our sin, the sin of the world. So that moment on the cross, he was carrying all the sin of the world. And this was to fulfill the ordinance that was given in Leviticus 16, where the high priest would cast the sins of the people on a goat and then send that goat away into the wilderness. In the same way, he became the lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. So for one, he became sin and God had to let him go. It was part of the process. He had to let him die. Had he not died, our sin would not die with him. He had to let him go. But when you look at it more closely and you look at his prayer life, Jesus was in constant communion with the Father, constant relationship with Him that He maintained. Where He woke up early in the hours, went up to the mountain to pray often. To spend time with God, communing with Him. And the Bible records, even on the previous night, the night of His passion, 
when the soldiers and the people came to arrest him, he said, do you not think that at one request my father would send more than 12 legions of angels to defend me? He knew it well. He knew how much the father loved him. Right from the start in John 1, where it says the word was with God. He was with God. Through to passages like John 14, 11, where he said, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Constant communion. And so for him to die, he had to be separated from the Father. For him to carry that sin, he had to be separated from the Father. I'd like to believe that it was at this time that the Holy Spirit would have left him so that he could take on sin and become sin. Sin and holiness don't exist together. So he cried and asked the question, why have you forsaken me? It was the pangs of separation from the Father that he cried about. It was not his death or his shame. Regarding his death, he had already resigned himself to God's will when he prayed thrice the previous night. And then he said, not my will, but your will be done. He had already resigned that death, resigned to that death and accepted the will of the Father. He stuck in obedience there. There was no requesting of him saying, why have you left me? He knew what was coming. He knew it was in the Father's will. Such was his love and commitment to the Father that he couldn't bear to be separated from the Father. So what do we learn from it? <clears throat> he is teaching us about having a relationship with the Father that close. It is only when we do not know the Father that close that we start complaining. When we know and you look at your own parents, and you yourselves are parents, you look at your own children. Even in times when they have done wrong and we punish them, we are seriously angry with them. Yet we do not forsake them. How then would this father? We need to know and understand the nature, the heart of the father. We need to build that closeness with him. If things didn't go well for you, would you still be complaining or would you seek his face? And say like Job, though he slay me, yet I will praise him because I know he is more than this. I know he means more than this to me. I do not evaluate the love of my father based on my circumstances. Is that all that he is about? Like Job, he would say, yet will I seek to commune with him as my father. Question, did God ever think of leaving you? This is what we would think in those circumstances where we're complaining. It's important to note that he had a plan for salvation for each of us, for you and for me, right from the foundations of the earth. This is what Revelation 13 verse 8 tells us. The lamb was slain right from the foundations of the earth. So the plan of redemption, should we fall, was kept in place right at the beginning. He made provision for it. He had a plan B. 
what did he give in exchange as ransom? He gave his most precious possession for us. The highest priced, highest ticket item in all of the universe, Jesus himself. That's how much he valued each of us, that he thought it is worth paying the most expensive price. After knowing that, can we still complain, why have you forsaken me? That's how much he cares about you and me. He couldn't even think of leaving us. He didn't weigh it against our sin to decide. To say, you have sinned terribly. Is not worth paying the price for you. He did it regardless. That was his love. But what about us? When we complain about him not helping, we're only looking at his hand that blesses with benefits and no sooner does that stop or we perceive that it is no blessing and no benefit, it is only difficulty. What are we thinking? Are we seeking that hand or are we looking to his face that loves? Are we seeking God in a relationship like Jesus did? Or are we looking at him as one who would only solve our problems and then we can forget about the person? Think again. When times are tough and you feel like asking the question, My God, my God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? Think again. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for an opening of our eyes and our hearts to seek you more with all our heart. To seek that relationship with you, to seek that communion with you, that closeness with you. And to know you as a person, to understand your nature as you reveal it to us in your word. So that the more we know you, the more closer we get to you, the more closer we get, Lord. All of these things. All of the challenges, we are able to put them aside and rise above them to stay with you. So that we are able to understand the most important things in our life. Just building that relationship with you. And that is your greatest purpose as well. Everything in your program, your plan for redemption and salvation was all about restoring that relationship with us. That we broke from our end. You never did. We ask for that edification, that understanding in our spirit today, Father. And to make a renewed attempt this Easter season. To rise above all that has held us behind. That all of that darkness dies within us. Through a new resurrection in your light, in your life. That you give us, Father, in the kingdom. We seek that relationship with you on a renewed ground. We ask for that edification in our spirit today, Father. And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease, that are hospitalized, will undergo any kind of procedures this day. We pray for a quick healing, Lord, of each of these. We ask forgiveness for sins. We pray, Lord, that you heal their land, that you hear from heaven and heal their land. 
We pray for all families that are in battle, that are facing any kind of division and separation. We pray, Lord, for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds, especially that of prayerlessness, busyness, ignorance of your ways and your will and poverty. Let every such yoke of the enemy be broken in the name of Jesus. Your people brought into your liberty by your spirit, by your truth. We pray also for our own family and friends, Lord, especially those that are not yet saved. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And as we release our faith and our prayer, making this a prayer of agreement with each other in the spirit, we believe that we have received, Lord. Every word that we have spoken will not fall to the ground, but will achieve that outcome, that manifestation as we release our faith together in agreement. Encourage all those that can pray in the spirit, using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift, release your tongue and your faith. You must take that bold step. We've just reflected on faith yesterday. Let us take that bold step and he will honor it. Let us now together make our prayer in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Shadiki <laughs> Kunda 
Sobrendele resete Scripture that was put in my heart this morning is from Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who hangs on a tree, that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a scripture that has been shared in the chat. This is from 1 Peter 1, chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, quoted from the NIV, where it is written, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And the second one is from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, quoted from the NIV again, where it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these morning encounters, Brother Savio's powerful reflections, our daily divine mercy and rosary sessions and the Friday Bible teachings, please share links. With your friends and family, invite them to come and join. Be blessed as well. If they can't make it to the live sessions, you can alternatively point them to the recordings available on YouTube, on our Facebook page, as well as on our Spotify podcast page. Also a reminder that there would be no rosary and divine mercy sessions on Thursday, being Monday, Thursday and Good Friday this week. And there will be no Bible study on Friday either. And that the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful, peaceful and a healthy day, everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. Thank you, everybody. God bless everybody.